Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we're breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch the Sunday blues. Welcome to the No More Mondays movement. Hello and welcome to another edition of the No More Mondays podcast. I am your host, Angie Callen, and as always, I'm glad you are here to join us for another conversation about how people have navigated career crossroads and found a way to satisfaction and career fulfillment. Have you ever wanted to pick the brain of an HR or talent acquisition leader? Well, guess what? Today is your day. I am super excited to welcome Orlando Haynes to the show as he and I get into some hot topics affecting today's markets, trends in hiring, starting side hustles, hosting podcasts, and generally all the things that he and I share and do together to help people make plans for their life and their career. Orlando has his hands in a lot of really cool things that overlap my world and a lot of the same perspectives uh, in career development. And so I am excited to get into it. I think we're going to cover a lot. Get your pencil out because I have a feeling you're going to get some good suggestions and notes. Orlando, welcome to No More Mondays. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for having me. Super excited. I know. I am too. So um, over the last six months, you all have heard episodes from people I've met at a conference this past spring, and Orlando is one of them. Um, and I just I had such an amazing experience at this conference. It was the Professional Association of Resume Writers and Career Coaches. And first of all, part of the great experience was that I didn't realize how much my extroverted self needed to go work a room of strangers. So I was I was kind of set up for success from the start. But Orlando was part of a uh, a panel of hiring managers that the uh, organizers brought in, and I was just immediately impressed with and and kind of like pleasantly shocked by your perspective on talent acquisition, hiring value aligned um, talent practices, and all that kind of stuff. So. I knew at some point we had to come here and chat and uh, also a fellow podcaster, which we'll get into in a minute. But you live in this world of kind of like talent, career development and hiring. So let's start off by giving everybody out there a little context into you, your elevator pitch, some insight into kind of your career path and what you do. Yeah, great question. So I started off about 20 years ago, so I'm dating myself quite a bit, but started on the staffing and recruiting side in New York City. Uh, so staffing and recruiting is a little different from talent acquisition, and we can get into that later. Uh, but started there, so half my career was doing that, got promoted through the ranks, uh, shifted to different departments, and then I flipped over to the corporate side where I strictly focused on that organization I work for. And then through that time, I did some career coaching and then started to branch out, leveraging that talent to speaking opportunities, uh, self-published a few books, uh, did some collaboration books that was Totally awesome. Then about two and a half years ago, jumped into the podcast space. Uh, so continue to leverage that. But everything aligned with uh, my talent acquisition background. And so far, so good. I just absolutely love uh, what I've been doing for the past 20 years. I really can't see myself doing anything else at this point. Isn't that a great thing to be able to say about your own career path that it's like mm -hmm. in 20 years in hindsight and looking at where you're at now, you're like, yep, I chose wisely. Yep. 
It's crazy because no one really falls into rec- well, you fall into recruiting. No one chooses recruiting, right? There's no degree that says talent acquisition or recruiting, nothing like that. You just by happenstance fall into this. And it, I always reference it to the mafia that scene. I can't remember if it's Godfather Four. It's, it's <laughs> right. It's easy to get into, hard to get out of. Or every time I get out of it, they call me back in. So I stepped out briefly, but then I was called immediately back into it because uh, it's it's really what I'm called to do. Uh, and I just love every aspect of it because you, you really become a well-rounded business professional. Uh, and a lot of folks from the outside may not see that, but you learn a lot about business uh, overall. And I think you get to work with, a, you have a lot of different stakeholders internally and externally and really get to experience uh, the range of kind of the cross-functionality of business executives down to kind of entry level. And that kind of feeds into that very well-rounded view you have of not only a business, but business. So let's dig into some of your your actual subject matter expertise. I want to like maybe debunk some myths, maybe clarify a few things for the job seekers who are tuning in. Uh, it might be foaming at the mouth, knowing that they are inches away or a play pause button away from somebody that can actually answer some of the questions and respond to maybe some of the frustrations that I think job seekers feel today. So let's first start with, you mentioned it kind of at the top of the episode, there's a difference between talent acquisition, recruitment, and HR. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you just very rudimentary explain that to everybody? Absolutely. So uh, I'll go from the last question and then answer the, the, the first two. So recruiting is a function of HR. It is not HR. And HR is not recruiting. It becomes a function of if if you see an HR coordinator or someone, they may have recruiting in their job description. Uh, so that's probably step number five, six, seven out of the list of things they need to handle. But the main difference between a staffing agency recruiter and a corporate recruiter, an agency recruiter will focus on multiple companies looking for multiple skill sets. A corporate recruiter will only focus on the organization they work for. So they really become talent acquisition business partners and really master the culture and everything of that one organization, again, versus a staffing uh, recruiter who has to learn a little bit about a lot and just place bodies. Not to to shortchange that, but uh, they're more transactional versus uh, a corporate recruiter. And I think the the motivation's a little bit different if you're thinking mm-hmm. about kind of third party staffing recruitment. It tends to, you're you're once you're a little bit removed from if you're in that situation and you're in that role. Those people are a little bit more removed from the culture of the company and the inner workings of the company, and are kind of incentivized to complete a task versus kind of that internal internal corporate recruitment and talent acquisition that's really about bringing people into the culture and 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 finding a f- the the fit. Not to say that the other people are just looking for warm bodies, but there's a little bit of a difference in in what they know about a company um which can help as far as like what you're asking them if you're having a kind of an early stage interview with a recruiter and those kinds of things. So it's important. I think this is actually a useful piece of knowledge to have if you're job seeking so that you know your audience and can speak to them appropriately. Exactly. And I say that a lot, too, uh, sometimes where job seekers need to know who they're targeting. I know there's a lot of stuff that says, hey, reach out to the recruiter, reach out to the hiring manager, as long as you know the type of recruiter you're reaching out to. Because I get a lot of emails and, and things like that on, on LinkedIn suggesting, hey, can you find me an opportunity? And from the baseline, that's not what recruiters do, whether they're corporate or agency. 
we don't find people jobs. We find the people for the jobs. So we've already know what the re- what the requirements are for the positions we're looking for. We're trying to match the people to them. We're not, you know, I I, I say this to sometimes uh, teams that I lead us like, hey, let's not let's make sure we don't get into the case management uh, mentality where you have a pile of cases that you feel like you need to sift through and match those people uh, with the right position or find the job for them. That's not what we do. It's the other way around. So it's clarifying that piece so that and then knowing which recruiter and how to approach a corporate versus an agency recruiter is huge, super, super huge. I think the how there is really important because Mm -hmm. it it still has to come from it, it can be more direct depending on that audience, but it has to still come from like a relationship building aspect instead of like a, hey, here's what you can do for me kind of message. And you bring up a really good point that I bet you come across pretty frequently. I know I do, which is kind of clarifying the role of recruiters in current hiring versus like when you and I were, you know, 20 years ago when I was out in the market, headhunting was still a thing and recruiters would come and kind of champion you as a candidate and go, find a place for you. And all of that has really shifted to be more of that company function of recruiters and talent acquisition are hired to find talent, not place you as talent. Yeah. And I think um, job seekers don't know, because I don't hear talked about much either, is that they have more leverage with an agency recruiter um, and more power to ask more detailed, you know, detailed questions about, you know, what positions they have available. Like they can really um, go through fine tooth comb and dive deep in those questions. You know, what's their specialty? What do you know about the company, which is kind of standard, but then um, really go into deep about the salary, the expectations, the role. Uh, you can't necessarily ask those questions from the start with a corporate recruiter because that can put them on guard a bit. But you can be as direct as possible and you're more of a resource, which, again, I don't hear much talked about to an agency recruiter because you can say, hey, I may not be a fit, but I know people uh, in my network that may be a good fit for this role. Let me refer you to them. And then what they see that as is, wow, you know, Angie just sat me a great person for HR, this HR role. But, I, you know, I'm more adamant and more um, driven to now find something for you, Angie, because you helped me fill a, another role that I wasn't even looking looking for first, but you brought it to my attention. So you you become, what I say sometimes is, you become the human resource by being uh, able to refer people. In a, necessarily in a corporate role, you can do that, but it's tougher. It's tougher with a corporate agency, or should I say a corporate uh, recruiter, uh, because they're like, hey, we're reaching out, and it's more strategic in the conversation. Uh, the real good recruiters will have a conversation, not an interrogation you know, initially, but um, you just have more free, free reign and conversation when it comes to an agency recruiter. This is a really interesting point. So mm-hmm. first funny thing I'll say is I tell people all the time, you are going to a conversation around a subject, you know, that no one knows better than you. And that's you versus the interrogation. So I think that's like a funny thing to point out. But I think that you bring up a really interesting point that I find candidates are almost wary of staffing agencies and third party recruitment versus like an internal talent person. But in a way, you can position yourself to be such a great candidate to a third-party staffing agency that they will kind of like, you can be an asset to them. So if their goal Mm -hmm. is to put a butt in a seat to get paid at a very rudimentary level, that is unfair, but just a very rudimentary level, if you're a great butt to put in a seat, then you actually can maybe ride that fine line between 
the fact that they're hired to to find you. You can be you can be that great candidate for them. And what's interesting is, you know, an internal recruiter or talent acquisition representative is if you're director of operations, they got one of those most likely, mm-hmm. unless you're a giant company. But to make this simple, they got one of those. Versus a staffing agency could have five of those at five different companies, at which point you're now putting yourself in front of a quantity of options as a great candidate versus threading the needle into one. And both of those are very viable. But I think the weariness around that third party aspect is uh, probably hurting job search strategies a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and job seekers sometimes may not know, again, that using an agency, it's free marketing, right? That's that's a free marketing tool, platform, uh, platform campaign for you to get yourself splattered. I hate to use the word splattered, but splattered everywhere as quick as possible. But again, you can learn what you, where your information is going if you do the legwork first um, and find out the integrity of the, the agency you're trying to work with. But And never put all your eggs in one basket. You know, Work with multiple ones that specialize in the field you're, you're in. This way you have more leverage. Um, and, and again, build a relationship with that recruiter saying, hey, give me a heads up before you just send it over there. Uh, let me know who what you're doing, uh, the culture again, the salary range. Let's talk about that. Um, and if you're smart, if you really want to get strategic, you can say, all right, go ahead and shoot it over to, you know, make me your, your guinea pig and see if they bite. Let's see what happens. Right. Play, play the game with them. Sometimes recruiters will do that. Oh, I love that. You can mm-hmm. you can be their guinea pig while also kind of proving your own concept, getting some feedback on your brand and your, your yep. resume at the same time. That's a great tip. Absolutely. You just gave yep, me a new okay. tool for my for my <laughs> toolbox. They'll definitely do that. They'll be like, here's why we didn't select this person. And you're like, okay, good to know. Let me tweak that real quick. And now go to shoot it to ABC. So this is a perfect segue because one of the, I think one of the biggest pain points of job seekers is they can't get feedback. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Because thank you, America. We are very litigious. We can't tell anybody anything they don't want to hear and open up ourselves to risk. Uh, how, what do you think is a good methodology for getting feedback, knowing we can't always get it directly out of the hiring process? So it, it'll be different. Um, well, not too different, but if you're going direct to a corporate recruiter, again, yeah, they're, they're walking that thin line. Um, we don't want any risk, no EOC, you know, complaints, anything kicking back. Um, you can act, you can ask the question. I think you're going to still get, because of the times we're in, still get the generic response. Hey, we just found someone that a little more, you know, that aligns more closely to the position we're looking for, uh, for that, from that standpoint, because you just never know if we were to tell someone like, Hey, you crashed and burned in the interview. Like, dude, you said this and this and that to the VP of HR, like completely messed up. <laughs> now, if we tell them that they're going to be like, Oh, okay. Any kind of lawsuit can come the next day and, and then we're in trouble, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely not. Now, over an agency recruiter, they may be more apt to give you a little bit more um, information and use it as a coaching tool, though, to say, hey, we got some feedback that in your session with X, you know, uh, some of the things were a little, you know, off-putting. Just be careful doing that. Uh, you know, let's let's uh, get together uh, and walk you through that response and, and coach you up better uh, for the next interview. They're like, oh, okay, I get it. It, it may come across a little easier, but when it's direct from the company, it can you know it can be viewed as prejudice or any anything can go left real quick. So you have to be careful. Uh, but for the most part, you'll you will will walk that thin line and keep a standardized response. And I think you you said the word coach, and I, this might be mm-hmm. self-serving for both of us, but 
that's where a third, a, an unbiased third party like a coach can come in and pick up on trends that said, hey, I, you know, I wasn't in the interview. I've had people voice record interviews, by the way. If you want mm. some the ability to get feedback from a third party and you have a, a decent way to record an interview, it's not a bad idea because then you can also critique yourself. But, you know, finding somebody outside of that direct hiring process who can say like, hey, what could I have done better here can also be kind of really beneficial. Um, and so kind of speaking of trends, what are you seeing in hiring and talent acquisition right now as far as trends go, whether that's methodologies, whether that's what people are looking for, whether that's uh, rules of engagement, kind of like all of those different trends that we see, what have you observed? Yeah, great question. So I would see, I would tell you that um, I noticed, depending on the space and the skill set, right? If someone is like more so on the tech side, the biggest draw for them is what project, what technology that company has. Are they up to stuff? Are they dated behind? You know, in in their internal technology. So things like that really determine whether or not a company or a client, a candidate wants to partner with you because they don't want to go backwards, right? The, the salary may be great, but they're like. Yeah, what am I putting my name to? What skills am I developing? If I join your company, what you're doing now, I've done already. Do I again? Do I want to stay stagnant for another year because you're telling me in 2024 it, we're going to switch to this new platform? You're like, ah, I've been through that already. Or the pandemic really, really shifted everything, right? With the inflated salaries, with you know wanting the remote feature um, or more of a hybrid schedule. I've seen. People who've asked, you know, they were four years in experience, asking almost ninety thousand, a hundred thousand um, in salary. It's it's gotten a little, <laughs> gotten a little crazy. We had a year and a half mm -hmm. of we riding a wave, and it's yeah. it has settled a little, <laughs> I think. Um, and and yeah. I think it's settled probably in 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 while nobody wants to admit it, a good and needed way for mm -hmm. kind of sustainability. And we're not an economics podcast, but inflation. <laughs> Like a lot of this had to come into check. I think it's a lot like it was kind of before days where, uh, as a Martinez on NPR likes to call it the before days, uh, it's, we're in a similar market as that, which was still a strong market. We just kind of got used to these, you know, giant raises, huge bonuses right. and being able to kind of like ask for all the things. Uh, it's definitely kind of, I think settled. Yeah. And you notice the, the level of boldness from candidates, escalated right to even ask they probably wanted it to do it before the pandemic but now it's like oh wow like did they're forced to now they seen the employees in the beginning like they're kind of forced to accept it if they don't you know if they want their role position their position filled so yeah give me fully remote you know pto forever and x amount of dollars um as a base salary but that pendulum will begin to swing back uh, probably in the next 18 months or so. I don't know. You know, uh, I can't see into the future, but there's going to, and you'll see some companies that can't sustain those high salaries going, you know, going forward. There's going to be where they'll need to level back out based on competitive analysis and their competitors and seeing where they're, where they're uh, tapping into. But uh, I think I read, uh, if you're familiar with uh, JT O'Donnell, uh, she's, she's an influencer on LinkedIn with over 2 million followers. She put out goals. Uh, sure. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Major goals. Goals. <laughs> she put out a video saying that since the pandemic, about 300,000 people came back or since the great resignation, which is it all, you know, still under the same umbrella. 
those folks came back into 300,000 people came back into the workforce, but at a lesser salary than when they left. Oh, that's fascinating. Well, and we're at we're at a historic low unemployment wise. Now, some of that mm-hmm. there's little anomalies there because some of that is because people are working an extra job because of inflation. However, right. we have recreated, recouped all the jobs that were lost and maybe even regained. But it's really interesting to kind of understand what those jobs look like mm-hmm. from a financial picture. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's going to happen at some point again, within, maybe within the next you know, eh, 16, 18 months, you'll see that shift back to where folks may come back. And again, it may be less than what they left at. Um, and for a lesser role. So I just don't see the masses of companies being able to uh, sustain, you know, those high salaries. Uh, again, the skills haven't raised. It's just that pandemic just put the pressure on mm-hmm. folks to, you know, to hire um, and flex to a remote space. Like when you see like the world reacts, when you see Google and all these other companies start Going to lay fully off remote. offers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it shifts the whole mindset of the, the global economy sometimes with Companies are just following suit of the of the big brands and like, whoa, if they're doing it, what chances do we have to survive? Uh-huh. Right. They got 10 billion, 100 billion cash. We don't. Uh, but they're still, you know, uh, dumping folks and again, rescinding offers, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's still happening. And it puts people on high alert. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, like you bring up a good point that like we had what what we were experiencing from about June of last year up until probably late this summer. So there was like a year, year and a half of just this really untenable activity, a lot like the housing market, right? It was not going to be sustainable. People in my world, I couldn't sustain that. Holy crap. I had like 40 people get jobs in a 31-day period. And I'm like, I can't negotiate this many offers. (laughs) But it it wasn't sustainable. You bring up a really good point that when like the biggies do stuff, everybody mm-hmm. listens. So we hear yeah. so much like people call and they say, I really want to change jobs, but is now a good time to change jobs? And a recession's coming, a recession's coming. And first of all, what I say to all of you out there who are asking that question is if you're ready to leave jobs, it's time to go search because there is no perfect time to job search. There will always be a factor impacting the timing, whether it's external or internal. If you're ready to move on, it's time. And we can do that in a way that mitigates risk. But I think what is so interesting is that when those big guys make a move, it does have a trickle down that I think can be a little bit dangerous and almost become like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Because when companies like that start to rescind offers or kind of do like reactionary layoffs, then if everybody does a reactionary layoffs, you're going to cause a recession. And I think it's it's a little bit of a tricky wicket. There, because hiring for the, at least for the, this fall, we had a great strong fall cycle. Things are look looking good. There are layoffs, but there's always layoffs, no matter what the economy is doing. And I think that there needs to be good awareness there. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that because it's similar to, and this is going to be a, a a funky analogy that might make no sense, but <laughs> I'm going to take. I it. love funky analogies, so bring it on. Right. It's like the political world when they used fear tactics. This is happening. This is happening. And I heard some some news reporter or pundit say um, it doesn't have to be true. We just need the population, you know, to believe it. Right. So when you believe it enough, when enough people believe it, it forces a certain action, which gets the results that the people who started it wanted in the first place. So, again, certain companies didn't why Google or Amazon or whoever. Um, you know, seeing a recession sooner than other companies reacting late, like that cycle, that, uh, kind of a downhill spiral, like the company I, I used to work for just now reacted to it 
but it was happening months ago, right? Almost a year ago, uh, well, months ago. But it's it's strange. It's like it's coming, it's coming. But we're still doing good. It's coming, it's coming. Boom! Oh wow, we're now starting to see it. Um, so I don't know if that varies per industry, but when the big boys say it's time to move, everyone's like it's time to move. But it's time to this, move. This seems it's time to move, but it seems to be a slow drip uh, with it. So you'll still see folks that say we're in. A, some will say no, we're actually in a recession. It's coming. Um, so who who knows? But the companies are reacting either way. Mm-hmm. I literally saw a Facebook post the other day, and it was like some Tony Robbins promo. And the first mm. three words on the promo were "the recession is here." That's four words. It took everything in me not to make a comment on that post, and I'm like, do I <laughs> flame Tony Robbins or not? Like, but it, it's just so it's it, you 100. If we message, if it gets messaged that way, it's going to be yeah. kind of truthful and GDP grew in the last quarter. So things are not what they were a year and a half ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. Different isn't necessarily bad. And I think that you have to be kind of be aware of of trends in your industry, be aware of trends in in the market in general. But you also kind of have to take a step forward and do what is going to be best for your career future, your career development, your mental health, depending on what the current state of your job is and kind of all of those things. And so you can only let the fear debilitate you or keep you from action um, for either so long or in so many ways. Right. And I mean, we're we're just in a crazy time. It might be the first, I think is the first of its time to where we have a, a pandemic, inflation, housing market, right? All happening at the same time in parallel. And so people are reacting different ways, but I tend not to pay attention too much to where it help you know it starts to mess with my mental health. I'm not concerned about who the president is. None of those things there. It's just okay. What you listen to certain heartbeats of the uh, of the economic kind of system and see where things are going, but not to the point where uh, it's really derailing your decisions and you're making snap decisions. So people just got to be a little more careful where they're getting their resources from, um, and just and, and really plan and just always be in a plan mode. Yes. Uh, you and I share lots of perspectives, and this is a perfect time to talk about be in plan mode when it gets to career development and job mm-hmm. searching. I tell people I am a broken record. If you just like you get the rug pulled out from you and you hop on Indeed with no plan and no targets, you might as well be going to Walmart without a list. You're going to leave with nothing that you need and everything that you like exactly. and everything that you don't need. And so. In your work in career development, because I know you also have an entrepreneurial streak outside of kind of employment and talent acquisition, I know you help people through career development. So talk to me a little bit more about how you do that, resources you offer, um, and just different thoughts around how people can kind of make plans and, you know, kind of have a vision for where their career is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the the primary, I started doing career coaching, but then I, I couldn't, I, I didn't see myself doing it long term one to one. So switching to the podcast, that was one resource there to kind of I bring on folks, which you will be a guest on as well, Angie. So Woo-hoo! look for that, folks, where it's all about providing actionable advice. This is why we get along. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want people listening to me or listening to my guests and they're like, what do I do next? No grab one nugget out of that conversation that you can implement now um, and take action on. Two would be speaking engagements that I do um, and really giving folks the behind the scenes information. 
that you necessarily may not get uh, somewhere else. Like I'll expose it all with no problem. And and then um, more recently, uh, a career accelerated planner. You, you may have that scheduled uh, for us to talk a little later, but things like that. But from a one on one, I want folks to really understand the mindset shift first. Uh, think more of an employer, less of an employee. Because if you think an employer has a strategic plan for when they brand and want to market their new widget, right? They know their target audience. They know the price point. They know the area, et cetera, et cetera. Um, job seekers need to take up that same business model um, and plan their, their their attack for their next role. So I think, like you said, we're just kind of spraying and praying for the next opportunity versus saying, here's where I need to take my talents. These are organizations that align with what I do, they match my quote unquote methodology and and then uh, attack it that way. But then also be highly visible. I call it the, the VCO uh, method where visibility creates opportunity and really leveraging LinkedIn as, as a platform uh, to put yourself out there and get seen. And just because there's so many people out there, right, uh, looking for the same types of roles that you're in. Uh, how do you stand out? So little things like that and, and kind of critique it and uh, customize it per per client. Sometimes I feel like I'm a LinkedIn evangelist and Microsoft should pay me like, hey, Bill, can we can we line that up? But exactly. I think LinkedIn is a hugely underutilized resource yeah. in job searching and networking and long term professional development, because there's a lot of stuff that you can do on there regardless of whether you're job searching now, you're never going to job search or whatever it is to really create momentum and opportunities for yourself, you know, at any point and to make your life a whole lot less painful. So I love that idea of kind of being visible. And that is kind of a critical part of an application package now. Mm -hmm, It's kind of like, uh, all right, if they're going to say this on a resume, I'm going to go look on LinkedIn and make sure they're willing to say it on a public, a public social networking platform, because then it's valid. Um, and so it it has become a really integral part, and it's a tool that like that has tons of free resources that y'all should be utilizing for sure. But I love this idea of getting into. We hear a lot about how hiring today is not about us as candidates; it's about it's about the company. Mm-hmm. And while I have issues and challenges with that to some extent, we follow those rules of engagement. Like gone are the days where we were all courted and flown to offices and shown <laughs> like all that stuff that happened in two thousand three when I graduated from college. So now we have to get into their minds and say, what is what do we think their methodology is going to be? What do we think the brand they're looking for is and really mm-hmm. align it? And the more targeted you are around your goals, the better you can align yourself with a really specific little bullseye of places and role types that are really, really well aligned. Yeah, I think you made a, a great point, too, when you talk about un- it's uh, LinkedIn being underutilized, like that's a multimedia platform for folks um, that that becomes um, you're moving. It's it becomes your ambassador, a Quan, right? If people know that reference, <laughs> right, um, that that actually can speak for you before you get to speak for yourself. So the more um, you create and it's it's that content creation, you know, digital space that we're in now. Uh, and folks have to not sit on their laurels. If you're 20 years in experience, you reach this level and you think all you got to do is refresh your resume and that's it. it. It'll work for, you know, certain folks. Um, but I think if you just add uh, the utilization of LinkedIn, 
why not be that much more effective, right? That much, that much more impactful in presenting yourself. Uh, it's it's a huge. I always think kind of the Gary V method or uh, Greg Cardone, who says if they don't know you, uh, they can't flow you. So the more visible you are, it's easier for folks to be like, hey, he or she's a nice person. Oh, this is what they do. I'm kind of learning what they think in this in this space that they're in, their electrical engineering, whatever it is. Um, let's give him a she a call. They may not even be looking for a job, but opportunities will soon come uh, just because you're putting yourself out there. Uh, about 300 people just Googled Ambassador of Quan. So (laughs) (laughs) show me the money, everybody out there under the age of about 33. Uh, But I think that so uh, what I'm going to take away from this is that uh, Orlando and I are going to do a how to use LinkedIn to your advantage workshop at some point in time, because that is like a whole conversation of its own. Uh, But I want you also have a resource that I want to make sure everybody gets a little bit of insight into the Career Accelerator Planner. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I partnered with uh, my partner, Karen Turner. Uh, She is uh, an executive uh, leadership coach, and she has her own podcast called um, Leadership Untitled. It's on LinkedIn and uh, all platforms as well. Uh, So she was a guest on my podcast, Career Talks, and it was something she said in the conversation about tracking, you know, your performance. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I got a question. I said, we're not going to say it online. Because uh, we were live on <laughs> on LinkedIn, I said, "Remind me." I don't me have my IP question. protected yet. I exactly. can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "There's too many people. It's eight, what, what is it? Six hundred, seven hundred million people on this platform." I said, "Nope, we're going to wait till uh, production." So we had a conversation, and I said, "Hey, what if we got together and did a planner that allows uh, corporate America, you know, everyday employee to track their performance?" Um, she was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, everything from before a project, right? Again, regardless of what your skill set is, if you think about all the stuff that you do in corporate America, all the value you add if you're a performer, and when it comes time to for those uh, merit increases, um, performance conversations, you never remember a year's worth of things that you've done. It's totally impossible. This is also super beneficial, everybody. If you're job searching, or you want to keep your resume in some form up to date, it's a way to log things. Yep. Because how many how many of you have sat down and gone, oh, I've been in this job for three years. What the hell have I done? <laughs> exactly. You ain't going to have to exactly. ask yourself that anymore. Yep. So we we made it with prompted questions, pre-project you know project and then post-project of what you've done, the outcome, um, you know, if there was a dollar sign attached to it, what what your individual contribution was, um, an idea space where you can jot down some new things for next, you know, initiating new ideas. But all that stuff is logged to where you can take it from career to career. You know, it could be a vertical movement. Uh, it could be a lateral move. But again, especially to resume writers, to be able to hand a document over or, or um, you know, documented ideas to where it's easier for them to extract that. Uh, and build up your resume is huge. So it's in book form now uh, on careeraccelerator.planner.com. But we're also going to be offering a digital version as well for the more high tech folks. Ooh, exciting things. You mentioned something to me before we started recording that I wanted Mm -hmm. to hear a little bit more about. And it's an event centered around black talent coming in December. Tell me more. Yeah, absolutely. So I partnered with another young lady called, uh, her name is Walona Long. Uh, she's an executive coach as well and, and talent acquisition professional. Uh, so 
what I'm looking to do is just bring black talent together and then have a few speakers to really educate our community on different career paths, some of the challenges, uh, some of the ideas, some pitfalls that they went through. So we know as a community that uh, we don't want to make the same mistakes. How do we condense someone who's at the executive level, you know, five years of pitfalls again um, and and really speed up the time for us to, to hit the, the goals we want in our career? So it could be from someone we'll have from HR, from tech, uh, from engineering, anything like that uh, who's available that'll come out and just speak to the community. Uh, so we're hope, hope that'll be happening December exactly 12th. Yeah. So we just locked in the date uh, here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, I'll be posting some more information about that on LinkedIn, uh, but it's going to be great to where, again, educating our community, some of our junior professionals who may still not know what to do. Uh, but they're getting insight from people who look like them um, at, at more of a senior level and executive level. We will link all of this in show notes because we're going to make sure this episode airs before December 12th. And um, we're going to link this event because, um, you know, I have a collection of clients and connections in Tampa and something like this is a great event. It's so nice to be back out and uh, with the ability of networking one of the really just anecdotally things that I love that came out of the pandemic is that almost like career fairs and professional development events have become a thing again for established yeah. professionals. We used to only have access to those when you're like a, a junior in college or a new grad. And now that's like virtual or in person, that's kind of become a thing again. And it's hugely, hugely useful uh, to people who are in any kind of stage of their career. Uh, also, you said something that I want to highlight. If you're a young mm -hmm. person and you don't know what you want to do, that's okay. Yep. <laughs> Just get yep. started. Just get started. You do not have to be perfect where you start. You're probably not going to have the sexiest job on the face of the earth, but just get started. You'll learn some stuff about yourself. You'll build some experience to kind of then, you know, shift around and figure out what you want. You know what? I'm 42. Who knows? I don't know if I still know what I want to be, but I love what I am right now. So that's all <laughs> exactly. you got to do. Um <laughs> And so let's move into you and I are both very actionable people. As I like to mm -hmm. say, inspiration is not a deliverable. So uh, let's give everybody some like tools and resources. What advice do you have for people out there who are trying to change jobs, trying to figure out their development plan, uh, trying to get traction, you know, or just trying to, you know, get themselves forward and might be feeling like they're on a hamster wheel? Like, what can they do? What advice do you have for them? Yeah. So the first thing it may be unconventional, uh, but I think it's it's where we're at or going to pretty soon here is um, I would say vlog your journey, right? Your career journey, your job search journey on LinkedIn. I would tell oh. you to probably do it in one minute clips, right? Don't say who the company you're going to interview with, but give kind of an update. Hey, guys, just going to, you know, about to have an interview for this role. Uh, I'll give you some feedback and and just vlog it, but make it all positive, right? Make it all positive information. Great interview. Not sure. Um, you know, didn't get the feedback real time, right? Didn't get the feedback. So I might've not got it, but I'm still going any resources, the amount of attention you will get, right? You have to build your network too. Uh, so more people see it, but the amount of attention you will get by vlogging your career journey on LinkedIn can be massive, can be Everybody massive. out. It, it, and there's a whole 
there's a whole conversation about what that exposure will do for you, but we're just mm-hmm. going to leave you in suspense and make you call us to find out. However, <laughs> everybody out there is going, oh my gosh, Orlando just told me to make video content for LinkedIn. Yep. Angie wants me to comment on people's posts and that's putting <laughs> myself out there too much, right? There is, again, to kind of circle back, a ton of power in exposure on LinkedIn. Yep. And you also have to think about not only what this can do for you, but what you're doing for other people. How inspired or how motivated are you when you see somebody else sharing a video that says, I had a shitty interview today, Mm -hmm, (laughs) right? mm -hmm. Like it happens. It happens to people who are C-suites and they're like, oh man, I bungled that one, right? Like you being kind of sharing that vulnerability can can be a a good resource to someone else. And then, you know, that also builds your experience and- um, almost gives you like a little vault of stuff to to refer back to in your own in your own journey in your own interview experiences and all those kinds of things. Uh, I love I love that idea, and my clients are gonna hate me now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you go on YouTube, you see you can you can look up any kind of influencer in a day in the life, and they're doing the exact same thing, right? But if in right, does it have to be video? No, it's it's probably. That's probably going to be the most impactful one, but you can do audio and just long form text with it and something like that. To, but something that'll get you, it'll break you out of your shell as well. But the goal is, again, it's the VCO method. It's right. It's visibility creates opportunity. The more people who see your profile uh, and again, Grant Cardone, who said if they don't know you, they can't flow you. You just never know where people will start adding advice and saying, hey, you know, hey, catch me offline. Tell me the company. I may know someone. What's going on here? Hey, let's do this. You know what? I'm going to redo your resume for free or whatever. Hey, let me update your LinkedIn profile. Um, so resources may come to you, not in the form of just a link, but in form of people taking action to support you. So you just never know where that's going to go. You and now you, you're in a position know. where you come, right? You're creating content. You become a content creator and you get more uh, comfortable using that, that platform. It is so underutilized from a content creation. Like the numbers are crazy. You know this, Angie. Just the number of active, I want to say active users. I say active profiles is north of, I think, 800 million or something now maybe. But the percent of actual people putting out content is less than 5%. Um, so on a consistent basis. So massive opportunity. Massive. So that goal of two million is actually not completely ridiculous for people like you and <laughs> no. I. But you could be a job search influencer in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a I actually hmm. uh, during the so in uh, April of 2020, new profile registrations on LinkedIn jumped like 15 percent, and I'm mm. pretty sure there's now over one billion active users, which means Probably. more than one sixth of the population is on LinkedIn. But a fraction, fraction, fraction are creating content, and you could have a little bit of that market share, everybody. So. I think a really big practical piece of advice that's coming out of this conversation is get on LinkedIn. Exactly. <laughs> and make sure your profile is good before you start throwing yourself out there because you want that all to be kind of brand aligned. So Correct. As we go down the path of more takeaways for everybody, uh, Orlando, we're going to play a little game. Okay. Ready? Uh, yep. Don't worry. It's not very hard. It's not, it's not Trivial Pursuit Genus Edition, which is my favorite board game to play, but- <laughs> Um, so we already have one really good book recommendation from you, the career accelerator planner. Uh, give us another really good book recommendation for people who are trying to work on career professional development. Yeah. So I would tell you to look up, um, stop living on autopilot. That's by, uh, Antonio Nevez. Um, he is a speaker. He's out of California. I had a chance to have him on the podcast as well. 
Um, so he's, you may not think he's explosive, but the book is phenomenal. It's really talks to you about the, how you go through your everyday pattern. And sometimes you may not even know you're just on autopilot. It really not, you know, living your dream and your passion. Um, phenomenal book, phenomenal book uh, to capture. Uh, so it's uh, Stop Living on Autopilot by Antonio Neves, N-E-V-E-S. I love that we get, I bet you in almost 100 episodes, we've only had the same book recommended like once or twice, oh, which really? is just so cool. And for any of you who routinely listen to every episode of No More Mondays, this common theme of like, are you living on autopilot? What rules and beliefs do you follow that you've never stopped to evaluate and really mm -hmm. carrying forward in an intentional way? Uh, that you've aligned with with your values and kind of goals for life, that has been just a very common theme in, in a lot of discussions I've been having. And I think it's reflective of just a phase of of kind of like life and that society is shifting into and that we're allowed to have that kind of like intention going forward. So I love that. I love that recommendation. Awesome. And then you've actually, so you have a podcast, Career Talks podcast. I love mm -hmm. that you mentioned Leadership Untitled by Karen, right? Mm-hmm. Karen, uh, I would love give us a third recommendation for a, f a podcast that you faithfully listen to. It's it's on the entrepreneur side. It's called Social Proof. Uh, the folks are out of Atlanta, uh, David Chans, um, and it's all really just centered around entrepreneurship. So love the career side, love the entrepreneur space. Um, so that that's definitely a popular one. It's on YouTube as well. Um, but you gotta gotta listen to No More Mondays. Are you kidding? I, I gotta and career talks. Hello. <laughs> Uh, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of entrepreneurial podcasts. Uh, mm -hmm. So you you and I kind of probably share some subject matter there. Of course, this is a show about Monday. So what's the first word that comes to mind when I say Monday? Oh, opportunity. Tell me why. Opportunity, because I think for me internally and my mentally, I get the most creative on Mondays. It's it's crazy. Uh, somebody asked me that a couple of weeks ago before even um, coming on. But Mondays, I, I get the most creative. And it's funny, I get more creative in the office than I do at home. <laughs> I go into the office, I'm like, I want to do everything but what I'm here to do. <laughs> I want to work on my <laughs> entrepreneurial business. <laughs> I want to do all the things. I yeah. feel like I was talking to somebody else and I feel like I don't know whether it's a good thing or like, uh, should I pay attention to this thing? But like Monday is a reset. And it's I think it's ingrained to you after 20 years of working in that like Monday to Friday grind. It's just... I at one point in time tried to work Sunday through Thursday, but Monday was still the start to the week. Sunday just yeah. felt like this random day that I was like seeing clients. Um, and I think I actually think if you walk into an office and get creative, it probably means you're in a good spot for you. So as we kind of start to wind things down, which I'm kind of sad we have to do because I feel like I could pepper you with questions. You're like super easy to talk to and have just great insights on things. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Where can they get the book? Listen to the podcast, follow your career journey and all of your wisdom. How do we tune into you? Yes. Yeah, so LinkedIn is the the primary space. I'm on there every day. Uh, so just go to LinkedIn and type in Orlando Haynes. You'll see me there. Uh, you can get the Career Accelerator Planner at careeraccelerateplanner.com. Uh, you can tune in to the podcast called Career Talks on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube as well, building up that YouTube channel. I will be redoing my website, so no direct website yet, uh, but stay tuned to LinkedIn. And you'll start to see everything that I'm doing, uh, and you will see Angie and myself on there shortly as well. Woohoo! 
If you follow Orlando and I on LinkedIn, we will fill your newsfeed with wonderful content. So yeah. uh, you can find him through my network as well. And we will have all – you're going to have a big old list of links in these show notes at nomoremondays.info. So be sure to tune in to that as well. And we're going to bring it home with one more little pearl of wisdom. So mm-hmm. what nugget – you? I'm going to circle back to something you said earlier. So what nugget from this conversation – would you say is the number one takeaway for people to go out and execute on to get mm-hmm. further towards their goals? Ooh, that's a great question. So this may be a little off um, funky too. Uh, so it's it's scripture. So faith without works is dead. So we can give you all the nuggets, the advice, the tips, the tools, the techniques. Um, but if you do not believe and do not take action, folks, it doesn't matter. An idea will remain an idea until you take action on it. So uh, faith without works is dead. And then if, if you, even if you take the action and you don't have faith that you can achieve the outcome, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a way longer and you can be rolling a boulder up and hit up a hill to make exactly. that happen. That is an amazing last little piece of wisdom for everybody out there. Orlando, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation. I'm excited to continue it and we'll flip the script on career talks coming up at some point soon, but I'm just so grateful for you spending your time with us and, and sharing your wisdom and, and helping everybody out there feel that it's possible, I think is a good way to, to put it. And resources and tools are out there to help you make it happen. And if you have faith and you take action, it will. Absolutely. Thank you, Angie. Love it. Orlando, thank you so much for being part of the show and joining the No More Mondays movement. We love hearing from people who have successfully navigated their own crossroads, charted paths to success and fulfillment, in Orlando's case, are helping people do that as well. There's definitely some amazing advice here, so I hope you will grab uh, the show notes, take some notes of your own, and reach out to us if we can help you in your career development journey. And for all of you out there listening, I would love for you to subscribe to No More Mondays, leave us a five-star rating, because Orlando and I are six stars. It's a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals with great stories and great resources. If you want to leave comments, feedback, suggestions, or again, grab the show notes, visit us online at nomoremondays.info. And I will see you next week for another episode of No More Mondays. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your professional life and find career satisfaction. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info for all the details, show notes, and recommendations from this episode. No More Mondays, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by Career Benders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit our website at careerbenders.com. 